Welcome, welcome, welcome to Chromatic Distortion with Corey Caesar. bastards and all you beautiful people that have a father in your life welcome back to chromatic distortion i'm your host as always Corey caesar this is episode 28 why so syria i know i've been talking about this episode a few times on different episodes uh, i've been wanting to do this episode for a minute now it's finally coming it's finally here for you to listen to it's just the issue is there's so much i want to cover this is why i have not come out with it yet it's it's uh, there's a lot I want to get into, and it's just hard to know where to start, and it's real hard to know how to even like format the content, um, because I've been doing a lot of these episodes pretty prepared with a lot of information, um, and a lot of notes. But this episode I don't think will come out that well if I do that. I think it'll get bogged down in names, bogged down in, um, confusion, I guess, because it's it's a pretty big dynamic. Um, so I think the best way to just do this is just no note style and just kind of ran it out. Um, so (laughs) hopefully I won't get too lost in the woods. If you know me personally, you know that sometimes when I storytell, I can get really deep, like way off topic onto some weird other tangents. I'm very, uh, ADD like that, I guess. Um, but I'll try to rein it in. I'll try to bring myself back. Hopefully I won't get too far out there. Um, but um, this episode's like real. It's really important. Well, this issue, I should say, is really important to me. Um, it should be important to you, but to each their own. Um, everyone has issues that they that they care about, and and everyone can't care about the same things, and that's important because then if everyone's focused just on one thing, then then only one thing can get done, right? So, um, either way, even if this isn't isn't an issue for you. Um, I think it's an interesting topic, so I think you'll find this topic very interesting either way. So please continue to listen. Don't turn it off now. Um, but I guess the best way is just to to jump right into this. And then I guess also I want to say this is all this information is Googleable. You can go online. You can find it. This isn't some deep uh, in the woods conspiracy theory uh, that I'm throwing out at you. This is verifiable information. Everyone can 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 read it and find it and see the same shit that I'm that I'm saying here. Um so let's go to 2013. Uh I, I think it was September 10th 2013 when Obama addressed um the nation, right? And said we need to go to war with Syria. Okay. So Obama uh he came out and said, you know, there's been this bloody civil war in Syria. Assad's a real bad guy. Um, and he's just got to go. 
we've decided he's got to go. This is when that red line was crossed, remember? So basically he said, last month, Assad gassed his, uh, like a thousand of his own people. So he's got to get out of there. And that's why, that's why we need regime change in Syria. That was the story. So he said something incredibly Orwellian and classic Obama, which was, and I don't have the exact quote, but it was something like, uh, now uh, I have decided that I will discuss this with Congress because I think it's important that as a nation, we go in, you know, as one unit. But I, I do believe I have the power to do this on my own. So he's basically like, you know, to be nice, for show, I'll go talk to Congress about this, but, you know, I don't need them to declare a war. It kind of reminds me of when Obama used to say, now, if Congress will pass legislation, that'd be great. I prefer that. But if they won't, I will take action. And you'd be like, well, what? So you're basically saying, you know, this is a dictatorship, not a congressional republic. You know, this just... Well, I like it to go this way so we can pretend to be a republic. But if they don't do the right thing, then I'll just, you know, I'll act. So that was kind of like Obama. That was Obama's executive philosophy on government. And ironically, Trump has been way less into executive power than Obama was, uh, which is, you know, kind of crazy because everyone was like, oh, Trump, Trump is going to be a dictator. And that, and that was the big thing about Trump. The whole the whole left the left wing uh, uh, fear was, you know, Hillary Clinton and all them were all like, we're all like, you really want Donald Trump to have uh, his finger on the nuclear button? Remember that? Remember that? This guy's going to get us in a world war. He's so crazy. See? And now they're like, see? Uh, uh, now now he's uh, pulling all the troops out of Syria. See? It's like, well, that's a kind of a contradiction, no? So anyway, so Obama comes out in late 2013. He goes, look, Bashar al-Assad, he's got to go. He just gassed his own people. And you hear everybody argue, all the media or anybody you're talking to, Everyone's always like, Assad's got to go. Assad's got to go because he's killing all his own people. So that's why. That's what we're all supposed to pretend is that this is why Assad's got to go is because he's killing his own people. That's what happened, right? Assad kills his people first. Then we need to come in with regime change because he's killing his own people. That's what you're being told by the mainstream media. That is fucking bullshit. And I don't under stand how these media people are just lying through their teeth to their viewers but it's like come on if this is like an issue do five minutes of uh, of research online how do i do it here it's it, it's how do i do it here with all the great ass researches uh, uh resources of chromatic distortion and you got all that backing of cnn you can't uh you can't get to the bottom of this. So you're gonna tell me that Assad started killing his own people and that's why we decided he had to go because we you know we're so humanitarian after all, because you know that's the US military. The US military is just run by a lot of people, you know, at the Pentagon and the CIA and all that shit. And they just went, Man, so, something's bad going, you know, over in the world. Uh we gotta go set this right. You know, that that's what's motivating these beloved creatures, you know, that wanna make this world a better place. Except the problem with that is is that Obama saying in 2000, uh, thir- uh, early 2013, he's, he, he's saying Assad last month gassed his own people. And this is why we got to go, right? 
But the issue is, over a decade earlier, we got General Wesley Clark on tape saying that Syria is one of the uh, countries we got to have regime change in. And you can Google that. Googleable Again, he said, plain as day, there's plans at the Pentagon to overthrow Assad way before Assad uh, ever started killing uh, uh, anybody. And really, all he was doing was fighting a civil war. Now, in 2005... You can YouTube this shit. This shit. It's YouTubeable, even, right? In 2005, Assad is straight up a- uh, asked in an interview with a CNN journalist. Uh, uh, there's talk that uh, there's regime change. Uh, talk about regime change in Syria. Do you worry about that? Do you worry about America coming and overthrowing you? So it's like the idea that that this was his response to Assad going in and genocidal or something like that. It's just it's just demonstratively false. It's clearly not what this was about. It's it's not it at all. Now, now here's what happened. So there were plans from 2002, at, at least the oldest we know of, or 2001, whenever we actually said this, um, to have regime change in uh, in Syria. This went way back then. So as things played out, what happened was you had. Um, well, just look, just just a little background, I guess, quickly. You had you had um, Iraq, which uh, which is run by Saddam Hussein, a Sunni, who's holding down the majority, which is the majority of the population, which is Shiite. So it's like sixty Shiite and uh, and forty uh, percent uh, Sunni. And his group was whole, and and Saddam was holding down. And Saddam was a brutal dictator. Now, Saddam, a Sunni. The um, so you know like the crazy Saudi Sunnis, the the radicals that got kicked out of the country and had to go like you know post up in Afghanistan, like like Osama bin Laden and Felicic Muhammad and those guys they were um, radicals too, but Sunni radicals. But but uh, Saddam hated those guys. He didn't like they were troublemakers. He didn't like them. So he kept all those Al Qaeda motherfuckers out of the country. There's no Al Qaeda in Iraq as of 2002. I mean zero. I mean, I, don't, I, I bet there wasn't a single member. So you have this dynamic. So if you go back, you know, the Sunnis and the Shiites have a lot of problems. They have a lot of problems historically, but it it certainly wasn't the way it is now. Now, they've had some flare-ups, like in 1980, Iran, which is Shiite, and Saddam Hussein and his Sunnis, they fought a really, really brutal war with like where like a, I think a half a million people died on each side. It was really brutal. brutal. And this was like a year after the Iranian uh, revolution. So Iran, you know, Iranians, they take over, they take over their government and they fight this brutal war, um, with, with, the, uh, with Saddam right now at the time. So it's like 1980, 81 and, um, Reagan was president. Now Reagan backed Saddam as part of, so his plan was to back Saddam to contain Iran because Iran had just overthrown the government that we propped up, the Shah. So we didn't like Iran. Israel didn't like Iran. All those beefs, they go all the way back to this point. So anyway, the Sunnis and the Shiites, they fight it out. Saddam ends up winning. You know, not really winning, but he keeps power. Realistically, both of them keep power, but he puts down the Shiites in a really bad way, brutalizes them, um, gasses a bunch of them. It's, you know, with you know, a bunch of weapons that America fucking sold them in reality. But this is Reagan's policy, is to support Saddam, to check 
Iran. So we are re- always knew that Saddam Hussein was just a check on the Shiites, uh, the Shiites that we didn't like in the re- in the region, right? So then you fast forward to, um, well, after that, things are relatively better, right, in the region at least comparatively to what they were then and what they are now between the Sunnis and the Shiites, right? So there's, but there's kind of this weird balance of power between like where Saddam's like, he, he doesn't really let none of that shit kind of fly, right? Now, don't get me wrong. Saddam Hussein was a brutal dictator, not a, not a good guy, right? A really brutal dictator. But Bashar al-Assad on the other hand, I mean, he sure as fuck wasn't uh, uh, Saddam. I mean, he really wasn't even Gaddafi. Like Saddam Hussein's doing all this crazy shit where he would like murder politicians. Uh, he if like, you disagree with them, he would take you outside and shoot you. Gaddafi's wearing like this weird sheet with like this crazy hat and shit, just like this maniac dude. Bashar al-Assad, he's like a suit and tie wearing dude, chin shaved guy, uh, uh, like president of Syria. Now, of course, you know, I mean, and and a lot of users, then he's not the greatest guy. But by regional standards, he's like as good as you can get, guys. That you know, the secular Syrian president. And this is why we dealt with them. And we knew we could deal with them. We were, so anyway, let me, I don't want to get too far off. Um, obviously, George H.W. Bush fights a war against Saddam. Bullshit war we should never should have been a part of. Then Bill Clinton bombs the shit out of him for, you know, another decade. Then, of course, in 2003, George H.W. Bush goes in there and he overthrows Saddam Hussein. So we overthrow him, Saddam. And now we're in this war in Iraq. And remember, uh, George W. Bush, mission accomplished. You know, he comes out, mission accomplished. As soon as we overthrow him, now, now that's it. Now we'll just, you know, hold elections and there'll be Jeffersonian Republicans. You'll see women in miniskirts uh, in Iraq next uh, in next year, summer. But the problem was uh, uh, those fucking Sunnis, you know, they, they start fighting back at us. And we have these uh, insurgents that, that Dick Cheney kept saying, they're on their final throws or whatever. Now, give us to next month and we'll have these insurgents killed and all this bullshit, you know? So more or less, this is what happens, right? So once we go in, so Saddam Hussein was keeping these crazy Sunnis, uh, the Al-Qaeda members out. He wasn't letting them in. Then the U.S., the military comes in, overthrows Saddam Hussein, disbands the army, and we take over and we put in our Shiite government. We prop them up. So now we got the military located in Iraq, occupying the country, and we got this Shiite government in power. And then Osama bin Laden, who's still alive at this time, remember, he's, they basically declare uh, uh, on this whole, this, like this holy war on the West. So they basically send all their Al-Qaeda members to Iraq. So this is what draws all Al-Qaeda into Iraq. So this was the whole plan, uh, the whole plan by Os- Osama bin Laden. So Al-Qaeda comes in to Iraq, right? So this is the whole plan, right, by, by uh, Osama bin Laden. We want, we want a, whole, uh, a war here where we can fight you. So, so now the insurgency starts getting more and more difficult, and they become the Al-Mustra, uh, Al-Qaeda in Iraq guys, and they did lure a bunch of... Uh, Saddam's ex-military guys in. So so the balance of power got all fucked up. And people started realizing this pretty quickly. This is why, actually, the Saudis were against the Iraq uh, war to begin with. I mean, they called it. Anyone who really knew the region, uh, this was, like, real easy to call. Like, you're, you're really going to, you're literally just going to hand Iraq to Iran. 
right? That's what was going on here. Because basically Iraq was holding Iran in check like we just talked about. And we've known that since the 80s. So so this is what basically the Saudis were saying all along, you know? So basically you're just going to, you know, involve, in, embolden Iran. So we might as well have just fought a war on behalf of Iran. We gave them the biggest favor uh, to that government ever. We gave them the, we gave them the biggest favor they've ever had was taking Saddam Hussein out and, and since they became in a uh, uh, power which was like 1979 so we now we have a Shiite government in Iraq a Shiite uh, government in, in Syria and a Shiite government in Iran and now they got this entire sloth of land like look at the map so now they got this entire area and of course the Saudis are not happy about this because now they kind of got to choose do you know, do you know what you just made us do? That's that's just what the Saudis are saying. You, we got you mean we got we got to team up with these guys. So the Saudis are pissed. Israel's also pissed about this. You know they wanted the war in Iraq, you know. But now they're like, oh, but what about Iran? You know now now Netanyahu's out there, you know, dropping bombs and shit. So um, now what they have is the switch, and I believe what they called it was the redirect. And there's a good article about this. If you look it up, just look up the redirect. So they realized that this was fucked and that we threw off this balance of power. And this is a big problem. So they couldn't just go and say, well, we just fought this uh, war in Iraq to take these Sunnis out of power and put these Shiites into power. We're going to go back and fight another war there to, you know, reverse that. So politically, you know, that's like not really an option, right? Like, well, we just we just took these guys out. Um, put this other government in now we want to go fight this this government we just put in and put the old um the old sunnis back back in think about that so that doesn't sell you know you can't sell that war so so we decided that the move was to overthrow assad now we've been dealing with this um this insurgency in iraq right and we were trying to put them down. And they were proving to be quite formidable. So we were like, hey, uh, we can use these guys because they hate Assad too. So that's what we did. We said, um, we made the redirect and they said, we're going to start arming and supporting the Sunni insurgency in Syria to overthrow Assad. Now, this is the moment Scott Horton talks about, and he does a great job educating me, and he should educate you on this. Um, this is where Obama commits the most heinous act of treason in modern modern American history because who he's supporting here is, knowingly, is Al-Qaeda. Now, he knows when he's using these Sunni insurgencies that a big part of them is Al-Qaeda in Iraq. Now, as we start this plan, of course, they break off and form ISIS. So just getting back to where an Obama comes and, and lies his face off to the American people and says, we have to go into Syria to overthrow Assad because he gassed his own people. Um, this is late in 2013. In 2012, though, before any of this happened, Obama authorizes uh, Operation uh, 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 Timber Sycamore, which is the CIA and Saudi-led operation to overthrow Bashar al-Assad by supporting these Sunni radicals. Boom. So we started a civil war in Syria. It wasn't that uh, Assad started killing people randomly. It was that the CIA and the Saudis got together to uh, uh, to, to foment 
a, a coup to foment a revolution. And when this happens, and we're, and uh, when that happened, Assad. Uh, responded and, and and let me put it this way he resp- responded brutally brutally so what you have now is obama comes out and obama lies to the american people and says the reason we want to go in is because assad just gassed his own people it actually had nothing to do with that it was all about the redirect it was all about throwing the balance of power back um it was all just like yemen it was all about appeasing the saudis to control the region just like we wanted to but something amazing happened here um, after Obama said this, and that was that the American people shut this shit down, Bora. They shut it down, and particularly the military shut it down. Now, I don't know if you guys remember this, but this was like when you started seeing um, um, a bunch of tweets. You know, this was like when uh, uh, so you started seeing all these tweets, basically all these military people. They would be in full uniform with their face blocked off, and they'd hold off these signs, I'm not going to fight for Al-Qaeda in Syria. And all these people were like, I didn't join to support Al-Qaeda, and there was this massive pushback against it. And I believe even the um, the British Parliament even um, voted on whether they wanted to support America and lost the vote. And then... And then Obama was just like, just didn't didn't consult uh, Congress. Remember, he said he was gonna gonna uh, consult Congress and he would he would vote on it, but he could do it anyway. He just didn't do that. He just pulled it back and just didn't and didn't uh, didn't vote. And this is when John Kerry actually now had this blunder where he said uh, um, he was like uh, um, he was asked if there was anything Assad could do that would uh, um, make it so that they didn't go uh, didn't have to go and have a regime change, right, and fight a war there, right? And John Kerry. Uh, uh, Obama's secretary of state at the time just sarcastically said, just, you know, just threw it out there sarcastically. I mean, he really fucked this up. The elite must have been so pissed at John Kerry at this time. Threw it out there. He goes, yeah, I suppose if uh, Bashar al-Assad would just turn over all his chemical weapons to the international community, completely disarm himself of chemical weapons, then maybe we wouldn't have to fight a war. But anything short of that, which obviously isn't going to happen, and we're going to have to go, uh, you know, to war in Syria. And Bashar al-Assad was like, bet, bro. Let's do it. And he fucking did. He turned them over. He let he let international people come in. Um, said, "Sure, take them, take all the weapons, and turn them all over." So the war effort basically was confined to still be like this little covert operation, not with uh, a bunch of um, ground troops with American support to have a regime change, right? But something was very interesting about this. So since um, the fall of the Soviet Union, and the next year, we st- actually started bombing Iraq. Let me go in there. So basically, we were like, well, look, uh, we started this war based on UN resolutions. Congress doesn't have to declare war, so all of a sudden, and uh, we're going to go in, and all of a sudden, Russia isn't messing with us. These are the two big things, and actually, a lot of people in George uh, Bush's, the first Bush, um, wrote about this um, as being significant. Um they were like, look, we can just basically go to war whenever we want now because the Soviet Union has collapsed. Russia's not messing with us. And uh, and we can just kind of go through the U.N. We don't have to worry, go or worry about Congress uh, and the American. So basically the American people are cut out. The Russians are cut out. We can just do whatever the fuck we want to. And we went around remaking the Middle East. And the American people never really shut it down. And Russia never did anything. And if you think about it, Russia in 1989 had a collapsed government. And so what were they going to do? There weren't no position to do anything about this. And um, 
And the American people made a bitched and moaned a few times, but, you know, it's basically like, oh, we're going to go over there and murder a couple bunch of more uh, brown people, so we'll just fall in line, right? So what happened was by 2013, when Obama announced we're going into Syria, America was was had already been living through the war in Afghanistan, the war in Iraq, and we've already seen what happened in Libya. So Obama... Uh, in like 2011 is when he he overthrew Gaddafi and the whole country threw apart. We over we overthrew uh uh Saddam and the whole the whole country fell apart. The war in Afghanistan was just going terrible, and the American people were just like, no, this is bullshit. We were just make a disaster everywhere we go. It was so obvious. It was so obvious what would happen if we overthrew Saddam uh, Assad. It'd be the same thing as Iraq and Libya. You would just destroy that country. Like even for them, anyone could see. Even if Assad's bad, it's not going to be as bad without him. And by the way, Assad was better than uh, uh, Saddam and Gaddafi. So it was obviously the you know obviously the American people didn't want to go for this, right? So, but then over the next year and a half, the rise of ISIS became a household name because we had this like you know this uh, Al Qaeda group that broke off and became uh, ISIS, and then they started fucking taking over. And they were really good with the social media game. They were getting YouTube videos out there. They'd be heading American journalists out, uh, journalists. They were just being dicks about it. And again, this is a thing that uh, Scott Horton brings up a lot because John Kerry was caught on tape, secretly recorded, and he basically said, we saw the rise of ISIS coming and we thought we could control it. So he was like, we thought we could take this and direct it at le- to at least not directly overthrow Assad, we could at least um, put enough pressure on him to negotiate uh, for him to step down and then we'll call off these, you know, we'll, then we'll stop supporting these guys. So ISIS, they had their own idea though. And ISIS didn't ever plan on being a little good puppet of America, kind of like the same idea, you know, like how we uh, supported Osama bin Laden and it became our enemy. And then we supported uh, Saddam Hussein and then became our enemy. And then we supported uh, Assad and then became our enemy. And then we supported uh, supported ISIS. They became our enemy. So they start making these videos. They're talking all kinds of shit to Obama. They're beheading journalists. And then they really piss us off because their job was to take over East Syria, right? Not Western Iraq. But they but that's what happened. They went from they went from Eastern Syria back into Western Iraq. And the Shiites who were in control were like, we don't give a fuck about Western Iraq. And remember you see it? They they took off their uniforms. Remember you saw that? And then basically ISIS, just a few hundred of these fucking jokers, just came over and, and took out thousands of these forces we had been training in Iraq for years. And they just throw their uniforms on, on on the ground and they're like, you just have it. And we left all them stockpiled weapons that we had left. So now ISIS is driving around in our like fucking Toyota trucks and shit and our rocket launchers and just American weapons. It's just crazy. And they become like a real problem to us. So then Obama has to come in and go back and and back and go back to Iraq and fight again. Right. And to put down ISIS in Iraq and simultaneously we were supporting ISIS in Syria and fighting them in Iraq. Think about that. It's like it's like a uh, it's kind of a joke. It's like um <clears throat> like ISIS if uh if was in Iraq and they're like losing, you know, against American soldiers, they all they gotta do is just step over into Syria real quick and grab some weapons from America and then come back and fight us again. It's bonkers, dude. It's fucking nutty. But it was obvious all along that the real goal here was never 
really about fighting ISIS. ISIS made everyone look bad. And they also served a purpose where they could work Americans, you know, up. Like, look, see, we need to go back in there. But even when the justification was ISIS, there was always be these things like, oh, well, we got to go in there and uh, take out ISIS. Also, uh, Assad needs to step down. It's like, what? Why did those two things go together? He's fighting ISIS. Um, but anyway, so in 2015 now, um, what Assad did was, you know, now he was losing. You, you got to think he was taking major losses. ISIS was taking over huge chunks of Syria. But then there was this game changer, right, in 2015. When uh, ISIS was getting close to taking Damascus, had we taken out Assad then, no question, then ISIS would have taken Damascus. Just like when we sided with the jihadists in Libya, that's what would have happened in this country. But Bashar al-Assad went and visited Vladimir Putin. And Vladimir Putin was like, I'm with you. This is where we draw a line. You know, all the hatred for uh, Vladimir Putin, It's this is what it's all about. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm with you on this one. We're coming in and we're not letting this happen. We're not letting ISIS take over Damascus. Sorry, that's not going to happen. So Vladimir Putin came in um, and they were invited in by the Syrian government. I mean, that government's as legitimate as any, you know, as any government can be. Um, And they were invited in. They invited Iran in as well. The Hezbollah came in, Uh, you know, fucking party. And, uh, And now all of a sudden they started fucking up ISIS, dude, and really pushing them back. And all of a sudden we realized that for America to overthrow Assad, we was going to be, you would, you would need it to be a war that the people would have to like, at least be able to be propagated into. And the American people weren't, weren't enough, weren't going to have it. So, so Donald Trump, well, at least not to, you know, not, at least not to vote for uh, Hillary Clinton. Right. So, so Donald Trump, um, comes in and he ran on, which I will tell you, he does seem to have a, a, a good instinct for, um, Donald Trump's kind of like, well, fuck it. You know, um, I'm for fighting the war against terrorism, but I'm not for um, fighting the war with terrorists, right? So he's he's not for these wars where we're fighting for the jihadists. That's the ones where he's like, well, I guess not completely because kind of in Yemen, he's all fine with it. But at least in Syria, he's like, yeah, you know what? This is crazy. So this is what Donald Trump was saying in 2016. He was like, look, look, it's so fucking obvious. Like, even if you're not a complete non-interventionist like myself, um, we shouldn't be fighting any of these wars and let's just get the fuck out of there. It's like, who's a threat to America? ISIS, who's inspiring uh, fucking attacks all over Europe and America, or Bashar al-Assad? What the fuck has ever done to any of us? If we had to fight one of those two groups, it's so obvious we should be fighting them. And Donald Trump's like, we're spending all this money over there, but Assad and Putin and Iran, they're all fighting ISIS for us. So let's just let them do all the fighting and and we can save our money and our uh, American lives. It just makes more sense. And that's what it took outside, um, someone outside this establishment military industrial complex world to just go yeah that's obviously what we should do and you know and then it looks like he was kind of tricked into staying for a long time um 
But anyway, what happened was we fermented this civil war. Uh, the I mean, me and the West. Um, it was absolutely American government's fault, uh, and the Saudis and and the and the Israelis, to be fair, who who's bomb bombing Syria whenever they fucking feel like you know, um, and bombing Iranian forces in Syria. Um, so they come in and they try to overthrow Assad. So of course Assad he saw what just happened to Gaddafi. So what Gaddafi was fighting for was to not end up like Gaddafi. And what Gaddafi, you got to understand, um, this is a very strong personal motiva- motivation. Gaddafi was dragged through the streets, beaten and sodomized to death by an angry mob of people. And that was the fate that was uh, Assad was going to have if he didn't fight back in this war. Now, I'm not justifying anything he did because he fought back brutally. And I mean brutally. So he calls in the Russians and the Iranians and Hezbollah and they just start fucking. So if like there's a city that ISIS is holding, they'll just bomb the shit out of them. There's a bunch of civilians. They don't give a, give a fuck. They're just bombing the fuck out of them. When ISIS takes over a city, they fucking, I mean, they just slaughter everybody. So this is how it ends up being a brutal war between something in the neighborhood like 600,000 people dead and like 12 million more displaced. I mean, it's been real horrific war, guys. Like really, really bad. A lot of killings on both sides. Um, but it's obviously America's fault. I mean... We tried to have this guy overthrown, and he's fighting against a future like Gaddafi's. And he's a fucking Middle Eastern dictator, so of course he's gonna do whatever you know. He's gonna do whatever the fuck he does. And he fought his heart out to put the shit down, and he did. So this is what it's all about, though. When Donald Trump says, "Wouldn't it be all about?" Uh, when he says, "Wouldn't it be wonderful if we can work with Russia to defeat ISIS?" So in you know in 2017, Donald Trump cancels. Uh, Operation Timber Sycamore. We're not going to arm the anti-Assad rebels anymore. If we're going to arm anybody, we're going to we're we're going to arm the people fighting against ISIS. We'll you know we'll we'll arm the Kurds a little bit because they'll fight for us. Uh, we're not just going to uh, arm anybody. And and that you know with Russia coming in in 2015, Iran being in there through 2016, 2017, Donald Trump cutting off the CIA funding of anti-Assad, and all of a sudden the caliphate's caliphate's just been uh, fucking leveled. I mean, they still have a little bit of area, but it's like they're fucked up. It's crazy. It's that quick. I mean, Putin was Putin was on air all the time saying like, you know, you're keeping me from getting rid of ISIS. Just just watch, get out of my way, and we'll take care of it. And it's just a whole clusterfuck, you know. And and then you have the Kurds who who we just like have. I mean, we for sure fuck them over all the time. We're always like, go fight these guys, you know. They're and they're all like, ah, you guys got me again. Yeah, we're gonna get slaughtered. Um. So now Turkey is coming in and fight the, you know, the fight the Kurds because they got their own little problem, you know, it's so fucking crazy. So, so, so now they, we have Turkey, who's our NATO ally fighting against the Kurds who are being armed by our CIA. Think about that. It's always just us fighting us. It's it just, look, man, it's, it's, it's a great move to get out for a few different reasons. There's American taxpayer dollars, right? It's 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 us, um, just on its face, right? The idea that if there's a conflict in Syria, American men should go bleed for it, and American workers should pay for it, is 
it's on its face insane to me. But on top of that, uh, which is even way more concerning is to me, is like, look, man, we have the fucking makings of a world war here. This isn't just like Iraq, where you have just like Saddam's forces versus American forces. In Turkey, I mean, I mean, in Syria, we, right now, we have um, uh, the Syrian army, Bashar al-Assad army, you have Russia, you have Iran, uh, you have Hezbollah, you have Turkey fighting against, and they're fighting uh, uh, America, Israel, and all these like uh, Iraqi Sunnis radicals, and the Free Syrian Army, and all those people. I mean, you can actually see this as like a slow motion world war that's about to start. Get the fuck out of there. And like, how much worse do we need to make this, right? Like, what what would be bad enough that um, that would make you think, like, that's enough? Let's call it quits now. And as far as they say, they'll be like, oh, well, we need more time. Donald Trump pulling out too early. Right? That's what you're hearing all the time now. Donald Trump is pulling out too soon because we haven't finished the mission yet. ISIS isn't completely defeated yet. We still need to aid the Kurds. We still need to do this. But the same people are that uh, uh, are the are the are the same people who are upset that he's pulling out of Afghanistan 17 years later. Like, what's enough time? Like, how much is enough time? And I'll tell you what the fucking answer to that is. And the answer is Germany, South Korea. That's it, forever. Be there forever, and never leave. That's what we do. We still got troops in fucking Germany. We still got troops in South Korea, Japan, Somalia. I mean, everywhere. Just stay. We come, we stay. Uh, we come, we beat them, we stay. I mean, what the fuck? We got to go around the world, decide what leaders to have, decide what leaders you're not going to have. Oh, and by the way, we never leave. It's insanity, guys. What are we doing? Why are we not holding our people accountable for this? All of them. It's so obvious. And what's really crazy about the media reaction on top of everything else is like to see Obama go through his administration, let's say, and Obama inherited two wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. He promised to end the war in Iraq. He gave a timetable for it. Never did. I mean, he eventually pulled out on Bush's timeline uh, and then sent troops right back in afterward. But um, but see Obama continue the war in Iraq when he said he was going to stop it to escalate the war in Afghanistan when he claimed to be the peace peace candidate, drone bomb the crap out of everybody, start a war in Yemen, start a war in Libya, start a war in Syria, in which he armed Al-Qaeda, committed treason, and never, never received a fraction of the scrutiny or criticism that Donald Trump receives for pulling troops out of Syria. I mean, if that doesn't tell you all you need to know about the mainstream media, and then, of course, the fact that they're all just like, they're all just either ill-informed or just lying through their fucking teeth about what's really going on in Syria. Like, like the same uh, thing always gets continued. I mean, I mean... Fuck, I talk about this all the time. People say things all the time like, well, I see where you're coming from. I disagree with you, but I understand your point. But I'd say, 
ISIS rose because Obama uh, pulled out of Iraq. Nope. I mean, I mean, there's like a, a fraction of a truth to that in the sense that if we still had troops in Iraq, when ISIS left East Syria to come back into Western Iraq, maybe would have had some people to fight them. Oh, okay. But could have just not armed, funded them. I mean, that might have stopped ISIS from starting. It really is amazing to me that people don't, um, that there's anyone left who even questions the blowback argument. The argument that uh, terrorism is something we have um, not created, that it's, that it, that it's a, that it's a predictable uh, uh, consequence. And they'll have all these things that are like, well, uh, ISIS just attacked Brussels, so what did Brussels do? Um, aside from the point that NATO is involved in these wars as well, and you can pretty easily make the case that Brussels is suffering blowback too. But uh, we created ISIS, and we armed and funded them. There's only two groups ever that have that have really um, been a terrorism problem for America, and it was Al-Qaeda and ISIS. And both of those were armed, funded, and trained by the U.S. government. Think about that. And no one's going to win. There's no win. There's no win to have. You know? And it's like, if we're fighting the Taliban, you know, because they're, they're great crime, uh, and I'm sure there's a decent percentage of America who believes that the Taliban attacked us on 9-11, which is um, complete bullshit. Their big crime was that they basically housed bin Laden. And um, so the Taliban's kind of like a bunch of fucking hicks, right? But like Afghanistan hicks. So like 10 times hickier than our hicks. So these are like go fucking Afghan uh, backward paper. So... Um, like Bin Laden was a Saudi multi-millionaire. They came over and paid off these hicks to stay there. And the Taliban was actually willing to uh, negotiate with George W. Bush. But George W. Bush was like, no, we don't negotiate with terrorists or those who harbor them, remember? So either they turn everyone over or we're going to bomb the shit out of you. And they were like, well, whatever, we don't give a fuck. So the Taliban's actually doing been doing pretty good, um, even with our troops there. Because so, we're basically done in Afghanistan we had like 100,000 troops there, and now we're down to like 15,000 troops or something. We're just staying there so we don't admit that we lost. Now, down Trump wants to do is like, we want to declare victory and come home. Just because it's a little bit, um, you know, more politically feasible to declare victory and go home. But the truth is we're admitting defeat and coming home, and it's what we should do. That's what we should do. And for all these people who are like, well, we can't rush out in a hurry because things could go bad. You have to have, uh, uh, you can't have immediate withdrawal. It's like, dude, as Ron Paul used to say on his 2008 and 2012 campaign, it was one of his slogans, we just marched in, we can just march out. And that's exactly what we should fucking do. The same way we went in, pack all our shit and come home. Don't you want to see like a... do you want to see more of those beautiful uh, videos where there's soldiers reunited with his family? You know how all those get like thousands and hundreds of thousands of hits and shares? Oh, look, your dad, you know, your dad comes out of your basketball game or some shit like that. Think about all those videos we're going to make now. We just bring all the fucking troops home. And you know what? It, it may not be like a, um, it may not be pretty. It may not be like a good situation over there. Sure as fuck hasn't been a good situation, you know, with us being there. And on top of that, our military is not um, 
and despite what they lie and they tell and tell you, we're not over there to do the right thing. Now, I'm not saying the military themselves, the personnel is not doing the right thing or wants to do the right thing. It's the other people. You know, it's they're, they're not going over there just to make sure a shot's not killing their own people. We're over there um, creating situations where hundreds of thousands to millions of innocent people have died. It's like the grossest safe face of all time. And, you know, for whatever it is, what's really interesting about Assad is, and a big part of the reason why he has been um, winning is that even the Sunnis, a huge percentage of the Sunnis, support Assad because they see what the other side is. And it's fucking these these crazy jihadist radicals. And they're like, I, I, I don't want that. Like, we don't want these people to take over. So even the Sunnis and Bashar al-Assad, you know, he's been a protector of the Christians over there. Like, you can be a religious minority in, in Assad, Syria. Again, I'm not saying it's perfect, but it's it's so obvious that the country's better off with Assad than with Assad falling. Just the same uh, same way it was so obvious. Libya was better under Gaddafi, and even Iraq was better under Saddam Hussein. Sorry. It just was. So I don't know, man. There's a lot of interesting angles on this, but the media being so hard on Trump for ending a war is just crazy to me guys all right so i think i'm gonna stop the episode right there end it um appreciate y'all listening hope you made it this far um be sure to like and subscribe on all your favorite platforms check out the instagram page so you can see all the updates and see what we're planning on doing um and slide in those dms with any requests any topics you'd like to discuss or just any questions in general um and that's going to do it for us guys uh like always the world is full of good people if you can't find one be one Catch you on the flip side. You have just witnessed the lyrical stylistics of chromatic distortion. Please, 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 please